Greetings, friends. Welcome to Bloody Bazaar. My name is Emma. I'm Sarah. And thank you for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening in for another episode. Another banger. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting too confident there. Another (laughs) rip-roarer. Another exquisite (laughs) offering from the girls. I actually am excited. I already know what this one is. Yeah. Um, I actually am excited for this one because not excited is the wrong word because like it's an awful story. Yeah. Yeah. However, it's one that I think, I don't think that many people know about it and it surprises me when people don't know about it because it's so fucked up. So prior to us recording this, um, our friend Shannon was over and uh, I I mentioned to Shannon that we were recording this episode and I said, this is what I'm doing. And she goes, oh, that name rings a bell. And then I showed her a photo of the person that that I'm talking about today. And she was like, ah, yes, I do know this story. So today I'm talking about Otto Warmbier. If there's anything we need to say, we'll say it next week. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're anticipating us like calling you out next week, next week, you'll hear your name. (laughs) Um, Sorry. So Otto um, was a young man. I'll, I'll bring up my story. If you just give me a minute. Um, But he was the guy who went to North Korea and returned essentially in a vegetative state and died shortly after so um that's the story that i'm covering today so let's jump in shall we yeah let's do it all right so i only had two sources for this story so one was wikipedia obviously and the other one was a really in-depth article uh, by doug bock clark for gq and that was like a very long in-depth almost like investigative story Yeah, yeah 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 Otto Frederick Warmbier was an intelligent, healthy, and happy American man in his early 20s when he embarked on a guided tour of North Korea. Just over a year later, Otto would be returned to the US in a vegetative state, dying shortly after having been imprisoned in North Korea after being accused and found guilty of subversion in what most described as a kangaroo court. Do you know what kangaroo court is? No. What is the, Well, I, I, don't, I know what people mean when they say kangaroo court, but what's the etymology of that? Um, I don't know. Okay. I, well, why did you ask me then? <laughs> I thought you were going to tell I me the answer. I thought you might know. So I, go- I did Google it. Um, and what it said was um, sometimes it's like uh, what I discovered was that I don't think people really know. One theory was that because kangaroos jump around from point to point without any really um, like. What it made me think of is in that episode of The Simpsons where Bart has to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that why they call it a kangaroo cop? <laughs> um, no, that's not why. That wasn't mentioned. <laughs> Uh, uh, but essentially what it means is that a court a, a court or a, like a justice proceeding that has no real standing in yeah like, like I, I know what it means yeah i just don't know why it's called a kangaroo court and i don't really know either despite having googled it okay if anyone out there knows please please tell us yeah please um someone's gonna be like you fucking idiot You're yeah didn't go- you, it was the third option yeah down. they'll be like just scroll down for three more <laughs> do you know how to scroll <laughs> uh okay so Let's talk about the lead up, what happened in between Otto's arrest and return to the US. Mm. Um, I've left a lot out, by the way, because it's too big. Mm. There's too much politics involved. Okay. And I cannot get into politics because it involves Trump and Obama, and I'm not going to get into that. Right, yeah. So I omitted a lot of that. Okay, fair enough. So Otto Warmbier, born in December 1994 in Cincinnati, Ohio, to parents Cynthia, who goes by Cindy, uh, and Fred Warmbier. The eldest of their three children, Otto had a younger brother and sister, Austin and Greta. He attended Wyoming High School, which was a top high school, where he was described as popular and studious. He was prom king, a gifted soccer player and swimmer. One of his classmates wrote that despite running in, quote, the popular circle, given his athletic prowess, classic good looks and unending charisma, he still felt like everyone's friend. Nice. Yeah. He's and a he, good boy. He, he seemed like a good boy. He graduated the school in 2013 as salutatorian, which is the second best grade behind valedictorian. Wow. Yeah. So he's very smart, obviously very gifted in sports and very kind. It's it's like um, if you have a son, that's like what you're What like. you hope for. Yeah. And also I think it's for the best that he was the salutatorian, not the valedictorian. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you yeah. Know? It's, all, it's almost like um, – better being the underdog (laughs) yeah and and it's like it's like it's almost like oh he's not he's not crazy (laughs) 
<laughs> not to offend anyone that might be a valedictorian that's listening. He's but not insane. He's not in, an insane person. <laughs> <laughs> he then enrolled at the University of Virginia, where he was pursuing a double degree in economics and commerce with a minor in global sustainability. Sustainability. Did, what did I say? Sustainability. Okay, it should be noted that we've had a few drinks. <laughs> I didn't want to mention it, but given that um, Sarah has just brought up that I slurred a word, it should be mentioned. <laughs> so U of V, University of Virginia, is ranked as one of the top universities in the world. Oh, wow. Yeah. It is a public university, but it is ranked as one of Good. the top universities in the world. Yeah. Nothing wrong with public. Absolutely. Does public mean the same thing there? Yes. Because you know how in England... In England, it's all weird. Yeah, yeah. 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 Public is like the top of the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you're like, I went to a public school in England, they'd be like, oh. Yes. Like, that's fancy. No. Oh, with the with the Prime Minister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. not um, No, in, in the US and in Australia, I believe it means the same thing. Okay. Um, because I think I was listening to That's Messed Up, the podcast, and they were talking about um, a school being... Oh, that's right. That's right. I was listening to That's Messed Up and there was a, an actress on there who was talking about going to Beverly Hills High School, which is actually a public school, but a lot of like famous people went through there. But okay. it's not a private school, she said um, in that episode. Yeah. And private and public, I guess, mean the same thing as they do here, which yeah. is private is posh. Public is... Public public is, you know... Normal. <laughs> yes, standard. Working yeah. class. We digress. Otto was... He also, Otto also did a semester of foreign exchange at the London School of Economics. He was involved in a Jewish club on campus as he was Jewish through his mother and was also part of a fraternity, uh, what is it, how is it pronounced? Thetakai, Thetakai. So I guess all this is to say that Otto was ambitious yet normal. Yeah. A normal college kid. Um, Otto was planning on becoming a banker after college. So working for probably Wall Street and stuff like that, given yeah. that he's quite an ambitious young man, it seems. He was quite interested in other cultures and so as such had another study abroad trip planned to Hong Kong in early 2016, but decided to take a tour of North Korea over the New Year period uh, en route to China before his next year of study. He was like, I'm going to be so busy with work and, and school, I'm going to do something that I want to do. Make the most of it. Make the most of it. Yeah. En route to Hong Kong, I'll stop in, in yeah. North Korea and see such a, a culture that I've that many have never experienced. Yeah. Otto booked his North Korea tour through a company called Young Pioneers Tours, which is a budget tour operator that specializes in group tours of unusual travel destinations. Uh, for example, they also have tours to Chernobyl at AC Mall. Their slogan was, quote, destinations your mother would rather you stayed away from. The State Department of America had an advisory against Americans traveling to the DPRK. Democratic Republic of North Korea. DRPK. DR. Democratic Republic of the... What is it? People's Democratic Republic of North Korea. Democratic People's Republic of North Korea. No, of Korea, not North Korea. Of Korea, they say. Uh Aha. Yeah. It's one of those. One of those ones that we gave you. Um, One of the options. (laughs) (laughs) Figure it out for yourself. You've got Google. Uh, So... Yeah, so the, um, there was an advisory against traveling to that region because they would be beyond American help if they if anything were to happen. So as such, Otto's parents were understandably a little concerned mm-hmm. when he told them that he was going there. But Fred Warmby, the father, said that Otto wanted to meet the people of North Korea and Cindy, the mum, said, quote, why would you say no to a kid like this? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, a kid who yeah. is obviously has just... Head screen, I'm right. Yeah, been such a good kid. Uh, such a good boy, yeah. And and he's studying, like, international stuff. Like, yeah, she's right. Why would right. you say? Why would you? You would 100% be nervous, but be yes. like, I can't say no to you. Of course. So Otto booked his trip. On December 29th, 2015, Otto flew to Beijing, where he met with the others on the tour, which included Canadians, Australians, Europeans, Brits, and other US citizens. The tourists were given their visas and then they boarded an old Soviet jet and took off to Pyongyang. I hate that. What? <laughs> it's just like an old Soviet jet. Oh, yeah, jet. yeah. It's not like a proper... They also didn't get their visas until they arrived in Beijing. I hate they, that. They were like, the, the tour company was like, yeah, you'll get them when you arrive in Beijing. I hate it. Because we already. had to have a visa to get into Beijing, didn't yes. we? Yes. Yeah. I'm sure that they had to have a visa um, to, to get, get into in, Beijing. Yeah, and then a second one. Yeah, probably. So when they arrived in Pyongyang, Border Control took everyone's cameras and smartphones, 
They examined all the pictures to make sure no one was smuggling in any subversive material. How did they go through all of their pictures? I don't think they did. I think they went through like the first few. Because <laughs> on my phone, they'd be like, you have many photos of your dogs and cats. It'd be really funny if you knew they were going to do that. If you just took a heap of like titty pictures or oh, yeah. like dick pics right before. Yeah. And then just stood there like, yeah, what of it? It's not subversive. It's my body. Undermining the regime. How? It's just nakedness. Yeah. yeah. But if they're like, nakedness is disrespectful. Like, fine, delete them. (laughs) (laughs) The group cleared passport control and their tour began. The group were taken on a tour of the USS Pueblo, which was a Navy ship, a Navy ship seized in the 60s and whose crew were beaten and starved for 11 months by the North Koreans. The ship now serves as an insult to the Americans who are repeatedly referred to as, quote, the imperial enemy. What the fuck? That was the first place they took them. It was one of the first places they took them. I I hate that. (laughs) They're just like they arrive and they immediately are like. How can we offend you the most? Yeah, well, they're not all Americans, though. Yeah, but they know that it's, like, Westerners, so surely there's going to be some Americans there. Yeah. (laughs) Immediately, like, I hate you. We hate you. (laughs) Why are you here? We hate you. That's awful. It is. Imagine going to a country and the first thing they do is take you to a place where Australians were, like, beaten and whatever, and, and that's the first place that you're taken. You'd be like... Can I go now? This is yes. embarrassing and yes. awkward. It is. It is. However, I would have thought that Americans would know that they were the imperial enemy. Yes, but for the tour to <laughs> correct you, <laughs> yes, that to be the first place that yes. on a tour they take you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to remind you that everyone here hates you. Well, but but also, I, I guess that that's part of the appeal, isn't it? That's part of the draw is that you shouldn't be there. A little bit. You know that you shouldn't be there. The, he, he knows that he shouldn't be there. And so you want, I personally, for example, if, if there was a country that, that fucking hated Australia, but we were able to go there as tourists, mm. as kind of dark tourism, yeah. I would want to see the reminders that I was not wanted there. I would want that. I suppose. It would make me very nervous. I don't, I don't think I would want it to be the first thing that I was taken to. Good segue. Danny Gratton, a British tourist in Otto's group and who was actually Otto's roommate during the trip, he said that he thinks Otto was a little shocked Yeah, <laughs> by how obvious it was that America and Americans were still the enemy of North Korea. Yeah. Which is kind of what you're saying. But the group did kind of manage to bring Otto around and like cheer, up, cheer him up a bit by making light of the situation. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can do. Is they, re- they started referring, jokingly referring to him as the imperial enemy. Yeah. So yeah. that they'd be like, um, like if they were getting up for a beer, they'd be like, um, does the imperial enemy want one? Like, yeah. You know, like things like that. Like they were making, that's all you can do. Yeah. And, and that's, that's funny. It is funny. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> and Otto took it like, like yeah. Otto got on that. He was having fun. Like he's yeah. obviously a good lighthearted a good kid. The reminders were constant though. So um, apparently there were propaganda billboards depicting North Korean missiles hitting the White House all over the place. Their group visited the 70-foot bronze statues of the country's dictators where they saw North Koreans like spontaneously like dropping to the ground and hailing the statues, a gesture which many believe is like staged for yeah. tours. Um, despite Otto feeling a little unnerved by the constant reminders of his enemy status, the overall feeling was that he was having fun. Um, he even on one occasion entered into a playful snow fight with um, some North Korean kids. Cute. Yeah, and there's pictures of him having fun with the kids and they're all like laughing and stuff. Um, and then he like is like, hey, kids. And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imperial enemy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stop doing accents because I know that. I was going to say, yeah. is, is that like okay? For it's you not to- okay. It's not okay. And I should stop it. You can, you can, you can keep in what I've done so far, <laughs> but just keep this in as well. My apology that okay. I'm going to stop doing the accents because I know it's not right. I know I shouldn't be doing them. On New Year's Eve, so this was a New Year's Eve like trip. That's yep. that's what it was marketed as. On New yep. Year's Eve, the tour group went to a bar to have a few drinks. But Danny Gratto, the the guy that was Otto's roommate and yep. kind of the the British guy, yeah, the British guy, he says no one on the tour was belligerently drunk, despite <laughs> a lot of articles saying that they were. That's, yep. He says that's not the case. They then joined thousands of North Koreans in Pyongyang's Kim Il Sung Square for the countdown. After the countdown, the group returned to their hotel the Yangakto International Hotel, which is where Western tourists to the country often stay. 
the hotel is set up to keep tourists occupied. So there is four restaurants, a bowling alley, a pool room, a sauna, a swimming pool, a barbershop, a bar, a bookshop, a casino, a massage club, as well as a revolving restaurant on the 47th floor. So they're like... You don't need to leave. Don't look out there. Don't look, look out here. there. Don't go out there. There's nothing you want out there. Everything yeah. you want is in here. Stepping into the hotel elevator, one will notice that the fifth floor is missing from the buttons. This is assigned, the fifth floor is assigned as strictly a staff only level. There is a YouTube video of people walking through the, this floor and the walls are adorned with propaganda paintings. Have you seen this video? No. It's, you show me after. Yes, I will. It's been suggested that this floor is where the officials spy on members at the hotel. So anyone who has been to North Korea is like, oh, yeah, yeah, they they spy on you in every single hotel room. Like any any like Westerner who's been to North Korea is like, yeah, there's, there's cameras in every room. I can't even describe how much I hate this. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> they reckon that, that this floor in particular is adorned with the propaganda paintings because these are the people that are going to be listening in on outside conversations that are giving them outside information mm-hmm. about the world, about what is actually going on. Yeah. So they have to be reminded of the propaganda. So that's why these are adorned with the most like intense propaganda paintings. And so there's like messages like America slaughtered 85,000, you know, like it's, it's that kind of shit. It's that intense. And there's like, there's a picture, there's a painting of a woman holding a chest and it's bleeding and like, and there's like a, a, a missile coming from the sky and it has US, US written on it. It's really like intense propaganda yeah. stuff, like what you would expect to see in World War Two or One, yeah. you know, like yeah. that kind of stuff. So the fifth floor is missing from the elevator for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Now let's take a drink break. So the group went back to their hotel. Some of the group continued celebrating and drinking. Um, Grado, for example, went down to the bowling alley. But there was apparently a two-hour window where none of the group could account for Otto's whereabouts. However, when Graden I've been calling him Gratto. I think his name's Gratton. Potato Gratton. Yeah. I just want to say as well, I just want to like jump in here. Another reason that this makes me nervous is because I am one of those people who when intoxicated and out with people. That's crazy stuff. Well, no, I just go off. Oh, yeah. I just will disappear for an hour and you go walk about. I go walk about for a yeah. bit. I like having a little solo adventure and then I'll come back and yeah. find everyone. But I just sometimes I'm like, I'll I'll just walk off. I'm pretty sure that my, my American friends, like when I was studying in America, they used to say that about me, that I used to, yeah. uh, Olga, chime in. I know that Olga listens religiously. Yeah. Olga, let me know if that was something that you guys used to say about me that I would just And, and I know that this is a thing that some people do. It's not just yeah, us. No, We're it's not. not special it's not. In this. No, 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 just no, no, no. Some people, when they're drunk, like, That's you know, some people are angry drunk. Some people are funny drunks. Others oh, are walkabout drunks. There's a walkabout drunk. And we yeah, are definitely walkabout drunks. Because, look, and, and look, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'm, I'm a sad drunk. Sometimes I am a sad <laughs> drunk. Very rarely an angry drunk. And yes, it, that and that is true. I think the thing- and that's that's why it makes me nervous because I know when I've been drunk before, I've wandered off and I'll black out sometimes too. So and I don't I, even I know think, what I've done. I think that is why this case is so it struck a chord with so many people. Yeah, because everyone could see themselves in this kid. Yes, yeah. Um, so he's he's gone walkabout for a couple gone, hours. Well, yeah. Well, that's what Grattan says. Yeah. We. I mean, maybe there was someone else that was like, no, no, no. He was me the whole. We were making we're, out. We we're having a D and M. Yeah. Over w- in the whatever. Corner. <laughs> whatever. You know. We're talking uh, about our childhoods. Who, who cares? I started crying. Yeah. <laughs> he was with me. Uh, <laughs> but but regardless, when Grattan returned to his hotel room, which was also Otto's room, so they were sharing a room at four thirty a.m. Otto was asleep in bed. Okay. Okay. It was in this two-hour window that the North Koreans would allege Otto Warmbier was taking down a propaganda poster from a wall on the fifth floor of the hotel, a task which they claim he was put up to by the U.S. government, a Methodist church, and a secret society on his uni campus. Holy shit. So I'm going to come back to this allegation in a bit, but that's that's their claim. It's in this two-hour window that he was taking down a poster. Yeah, and uh, we need to mention that Emma and I went to China in 2012 and while we were out one night, Emma took down a poster. I did. While we were in a club somewhere. I did. uh, Or a pub or whatever. Emma came back to the table and under the table was like, look at this, look what I just got. And I immediately freaked out and was like, Emma, what the fuck? We're not in Australia. We're, We're in China. Like, you can't just do this shit. Anyway, we haven't, but but yeah, this was bef- this was before this was before this. Otto Warmbier, yeah, yeah. 
So you're fucking lucky that <laughs> it wasn't North Korea and also that nobody saw you. I know I'm lucky. I know. No, I'm lucky. we don't still have it. We don't still have it. You gave it to someone on the tour, remember? No. Yeah, you gave it to someone. You gave it to Michaela. Oh, yeah. Okay. You, you were yeah. like, hey, I stole you this poster. Hey, I got you this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't remember. But um, but look, I, I guess that's all to say, like, again, it's so relatable. It's, yeah. It's the sort of thing that I do. Young, <laughs> foolish people do. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to come back to this allegation in a bit. All right. Yeah. This <sighs> stealing a fucking poster. Yeah. So serious. Yeah. There was nothing that would suggest anything was out of the ordinary the next day. And uh, indeed, the, the group made their way to the airport on January 2nd, 2016. To go home. To go back to their to go back to Beijing to then go home. Otto and his roommate Danny Grattan were the last of their group in the line at the passport control to leave the country. Mm-hmm. Grattan says the officials seem to be scrutinizing Otto's passport, uh, like a little bit more intensely than than the others. Mm-hmm. When suddenly two guards approached Otto, tapped him on the shoulder, and led him to a separate room. Grattan thought the authorities wanted to give quote the imperial enemy a hard time. Yeah. And joked, quote, well, that's the last we'll ever see of you. Oh. Otto kind of like half smiled and followed the guards. He seemed relaxed. He didn't seem dressed. I guess he thought the same thing. And why would he not, you know? Yeah. Grattan says, quote, that was it. That was the last physical time I saw Otto ever. Otto didn't resist, didn't look scared. He sort of half smiled. You would think, I haven't done anything wrong. It's I'm okay. doing everything wrong. I'm in an airport. These are officials. Yeah. The rest of the group boarded their plane out of the country. And just as the plane was about to leave the terminal, still without Otto on it, an official came on board and announced, quote, Otto is very sick and has been taken to the hospital. What the fuck? Your stomach would just drop. You would. Uh, uh, but would it? W- would it? <sighs> I mean, it would because you'd be like, oh, no, he's sick. Well, no, I would I would 100% well, immediately. Now we would. Yeah. But then, you know, like, for example, say out of China, you and I, when we're in China, what was it, 2000 and... No, I still would. So that person comes on the plane and tells them that, yes, Otto is very sick and has been taken to the hospital. Let's go back to America. A man named Robert King was starting his day on January 2nd, 2016 at the State Department, where he'd worked for seven years as a special envoy for North Korea. The busy job. (laughs) got a bit on his plate no it's not it's not really because they don't no, take, not nothing a lot of gets it. out no yeah um so first he said otto would be forced to confess to undermining the regime and tapes of that speech would be used as a as domestic propaganda to convince north koreans that, it, that america sought to destroy them second otto was likely to be imprisoned and his freedom used as a bargaining chip by the north koreans to extract a visit from a high level american dignitary or concessions in nuclear or sanctions negotiations so that was kind of his prediction and he he wasn't necessarily too stressed out about his you know about his well-being obviously yes his well-being and his kind of mental health and all that kind of stuff but he sort of figured that they there was a process he's important for them for for what they need so they are going to make sure that no real harm harm comes to him in meetings with the family king this man robert king um he he warned the warmbiers to expect quote a marathon not a sprint he also recommended that they keep quiet to avoid antagonizing the unpredictable regime. He could offer them few reassurances, explaining, quote, we weren't 100% sure where Otto was or what had happened to him. As America has scant intelligence assets in North Korea, the Warmbiers grew frustrated that the world's most powerful nation could not take more direct immediate action to help their son. America and North Korea don't even directly liaise. They have never had a formal diplomatic relationship. The Swedish embassy in Pyongyang is where Americans are advised to go if they need embassy help while over there. My God. Yeah, it's really bad. North Korea's state-run Korean Central News Agency, or KCNA, initially announced that Warmbier had been detained for, quote, a hostile act against the state without specifying further details. The North Koreans would not elaborate on Otto's crimes for another six weeks, but a spokesperson for the Young Pioneers Travel Group, which Otto was with, advised it was regarding, quote, an incident at the hotel. Sarah's shaking her head for those at home. Yeah. She looks incredulous. Uh, in a press conference on February 29th, 2016, Otto Warmbier, reading from a prepared statement, 
confessed that he had attempted to steal a propaganda poster from a restricted staff-only area of the Yangakdo Hotel to take home. Um, it was pretty obvious that Otto was being forced to read the words that he was reading and that they were not his own for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, the turn of phrase, phrases that were turn of phrase, turn of phrases, turns of phrases, whatever the, whatever the, the correct nomenclature is, correct syntax, were said to not be Otto's. For example, at one point he says, I never, comma, never should have allowed myself to be lured by the United States administration to commit a crime in this country. I wish that the United States administration never manipulate people like myself in the future to commit crimes against foreign countries. I entirely beg you, the people and government of the DPRK, for your forgiveness. Please, I made the worst mistake of my life. He's like, do you guys want me to fix up the grammar yeah. here? I'm actually pretty smart. I I'm, can. I'm actually pretty good at English. Yeah. I can just like edit this real quick for you if you like. Yeah. Fucking idiots. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that in like a, I know that people, English is second language. Like it's impressive, that you, but fuck you, you, guys. you can say like the, their top is top the level stuff. You can say like, the regime. Yeah. That's fine. The, the regime. They're not listening. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. We're fucking all, arrest me. We're all the way here in Perth. Next second, there's like a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) He also said in his confession that he had plotted to steal the poster at the behest of a Methodist church in his hometown and the Z Society, or the Z Society, as Americans would call it, um, which is a secret society at the University of Virginia that he um, apparently wished to join, according to the North Koreans. Both of which, he said, were allied with the Central Intelligence Agency, or the CIA, so basically, the Secret College Society, the Methodist Church, and the CIA were all conspiring with Otto to get this poster to shame the DPRK. I think the DPRK... Just say North Korea, it's fine. I think North Korea need to realise that... No one gives a shit. Nobody cares about them yeah. as much as they think. They think they do, yeah. Like, you're, you're not the main character, North Korea. I'm sorry, but people have their own shit going on. If somebody comes there and wants to steal a poster, it's because it's like a quirky, fun little... Well, also, Otto had actually bought a propaganda poster right, at a gift shop. Yeah. Like a legitimate. And um, Grattan had suggested that maybe they took that in a certain way. Right. Yeah. You know. But then um, on, on the, um, the Young Pioneers website, um, one of the FAQs is, is it wrong to go to North Korea and give them like money? Tourist money. Yeah. Yeah. And their response is, well, the... Uh, North Korea regime does not rely on tourist money because during COVID they essentially cut down every like everyone coming into the country and they yep. still manage to survive. Yep. They essentially survive on like slave labor and shit like that. Um, but also the majority of the tourist money goes to the tourist operators right? who are just feeding their families and stuff. But yeah. then I'm like, but I mean, tourism does help a country essentially. But look, that's not a part of this story. So let's keep going. These claims, the ones that were the, you know, the secret society of the CIA and the fucking Methodist church. Time magazine called, quote, fanciful and implausible. Yeah, it's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. It's, uh, like, it, it's like a country getting in on a conspiracy theory. And it's like, it's based in nothing. They were disputed by both the church and the Z Society, or the Z Society, if you're American. The New York Times remarked that, quote, the unlikely nature of the details suggested that the script had been written by Mr. Warmbier's North Korean interrogators. Further, Otto was not even a member of the Methodist church. He was fucking Jewish. Do your fucking research. I just have no idea. At least say it's a Jewish church, a a synagogue or something. Yeah. On March 16th, 2016, Warmbier was tried and convicted in North Korean Supreme Court. Uh, He was charged with subversion. The court held that he had committed a crime, quote, pursuant to the U.S. government's hostile policy toward North Korea in a bid to impair the unity of its people after entering it as a tourist. Ridiculous. So dramatic. (laughs) Yeah. We don't care about you, North Korea. Yeah. We care about your people, not about yes. your regime. Yeah. Nobody's we, trying to, like, take you down from, like... We think knows, you're ridiculous. Everyone knows you're fucking batshit. Evidence at his trial, which lasted one hour, included his confession, CCTV footage, that grainy footage of a man taking down a poster, which you could not identify who was in that in that footage. But also, even if he did... It, even if he did. It's <laughs> like... Who cares? It is the sort of thing that a young 20-year-old would do to be like, this will be a fun little souvenir that I can bring most back. most a fine. 
Yeah. The, and like, yeah, this will be something I can bring back and yeah. this will be my like, ooh, look what I got when I was in Like North we said, Korea. I did it. Yes, exactly. Okay. So, um, yeah, so they had the um, the testimony oh, – sorry, the um, CCTV – so his confession, the CCTV footage, they had apparently fingerprint evidence but they did not produce it. They also had a witness testimony. Who was the witness? I'll come on to it. So the CCTV footage showed a man identified as Warmbier by his North Korean guide entering the staff only area on March 18th, KCNA, the Korean Central News Agency, the state run news, released a brief low resolution video timestamped 1:57 a.m. showing a figure removing a poster from a wall and placing it on the floor. Oh, so he didn't take it with him. Warmbier indicated in his confession that he abandoned the poster after discovering it was too large to carry. So <laughs> but he took it down, was like, oh, I'll take this with me, and then was like, actually, I'm not going to be able to well, take that. We don't even know that luggage. it was him in the in the footage. But also, <laughs> like, the, it's it's just insane. He took it off the wall. He didn't even take it with him. It would no. have taken two seconds to stick it back up again. Correct. He didn't rip it up. Correct. Um, a hotel staff member told the court, when I, quote, when I got off work... There was nothing amiss. But when I returned, I thought someone had deliberately taken the slogan down. So I mobilized security to prevent damage to it and reported it to the authorities. What the fuck? It's a poster on the floor. Yep. Uh, Did they not have like air conditioning? Things fall down. How do you even notice something like that? Oh, my God. I don't don't think he did. I don't think he did notice it. I think they found someone and said, say that you're a hotel worker, say that it's happened, this is your script. You know, we can't trust anything that comes out of this country. So Warmbier was sentenced to 15 years of hard labor. Oh, my God. Human Rights Watch called the hearing, quote, a kangaroo court and described the sentencing as outrageous and shocking. Yeah. Yeah. In the past, the Americans attempting to free their prisoners from North Korea would use something called the New York Channel. Now, this was the name given to the New York, uh, sorry, the North Korean representatives at the United Nations headquarters in Manhattan, who often served as the unofficial go-betweens between Washington and Pyongyang. Now, prior to Otto's arrest, Americans and the New York Channel would meet regularly for polite negotiations. After his arrest... There was a notable shift in relations. A more obstinate tone was taken and it became clear that the Americans would need to go higher than the New York Channel to secure any kind of information about Otto. Why were they so pressed about him taking a poster off the wall? I'm wondering, this is not mentioned anywhere, this is just my musings, if it was because they could feel the groundswell of support for a fascist-like movement in America. Yeah, yeah, Given the, it was the, around that time. It was around that time. Yeah. The presidency was approaching. Trump was saying a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. He was gaining popularity. I'm wondering if they thought we can – this, this, this is, is our moment. Yeah. We need a bargaining chip. Here's something we can use. So, okay, yes, you say that, but I'll come on to talk about why that should not have been their thought process. So a trip to Pyongyang was arranged with the Americans promising private humanitarian aid for North Korean flood victims along with Otto's release. So tip for tap. A man named Mickey Bergman, who was a senior advisor to the ambassador of the United Nations, flew to Pyongyang and held high-level talks with the North Koreans for the first time in two years. Uh, Obama did not have good relations with the North Korean um, regime. Does anyone have good relations with them? Trump apparently did. He apparently loved him. Bergman was taken on a tour around Pyongyang by his North Korean minders, all the while negotiating with them, which they would then relate up the chain. On Bergman's last day, he was meeting with a vice minister. He was expecting that the North Koreans would agree to the offer and release Otto. Instead, Bergman wasn't even allowed to see Otto. So... Bergman left with the impression that the North Koreans were considering ways that Otto could be released, but first they wanted to see what happened with the climaxing 2016 presidential campaign. After the election, it seemed that the North Koreans were more open to meeting with Trump than Obama, than they had been like ever before. They were more open to meetings, more open to visitations, all that kind of stuff. So by February 2017, a delegation of North Koreans were preparing to visit the States to discuss, amongst other things, Otto's release. But then Kim Jong-un orchestrated the assassination of his half-brother with chemical weapons in an international airport. This was, they used uh, the stuff. Novichok? 
But no, it was this. I, I've talked about it before. A nerve agent. It was a nerve agent yes. because the uh, Om Shinrikyo cult. Oh, they made that stuff. Yeah, it was one of the things they experimented with. Yeah. So essentially, Kim Jong Un got his half sister. Was it to smear it on the face of his no, half brother? I'm pretty sure it was two random women. Oh, oh, they thought they were participating in a game show. They thought it was a prank. Yeah. At the so airport. I've yeah. mentioned that this is probably worthwhile delving into on a separate episode. Yes. That whole thing yeah because um, it's insane it is insane i've said here i think it was fucking too, insane in its own right yeah yeah i'm pretty sure it was two thai women who had like nothing to do with anything yeah and they thought they were participating in a weird like north korean game show some sort of prank it wasn't even in north korea that this happened no it wasn't it was an international airport yeah you're right yeah sorry so that drew condemnation obviously from america and the world and that scuttled the conversations mm-hmm. by april of 2017 the new advisor from trump's administration was given the green light to hold talks with the north koreans however not in an official capacity so the advisor arranged to meet in norway with former north korean politicians so it wasn't official and they came to an agreement that they um, that the Swedish ambassador could visit Otto and three other Americans who were detained in North Korea. So the, there was like a proxy. I mean, at this point, you'd just be like, can you just show Confirm that he's, he's alive? okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, in the end, the proxy was reportedly allowed to see only one detainee, one American detainee. Not Otto. Not Otto. Yeah. At this point, Otto has been detained by the North Koreans for over a year. And nobody's seen him. Uh, except for his like um, news confession no so demands continued to be made by the americans to at least cite otto and then one day in early june the advisor was surprised by an urgent phone call requesting he meet with a new york channel he was told by the north koreans that otto was unconscious that he had contracted food foodborne botulism and had slipped into a coma after taking a sleeping pill as you do you know just a a casual thing that happens when you get food poisoning you just drop into a coma yep yeah so skip the diarrhea and the vomiting just straight to coma so given his health the americans under the order of trump insisted that otto be released on humanitarian grounds and advised the north koreans that they would be visiting to see otto and wanted to bring him home and look there's a lot of stuff that that was happening around this stuff Mm -hmm. but i'm streamlining the information that we're giving you here yeah so as i said if you want to know more about the politics that went in around this then feel free to dive deep um the delegation to north korea took off stopping in japan all the japanese air traffic controllers could do was aim the plane at pyongyang telling the pilot to continue for 20 straight miles as there's not even a flight path between japan and pyongyang what the fuck (laughs) they were like good luck (laughs) and so um that pilot balls of steel Yeah, it, it was well, obviously it was like a military pilot or something. But yeah. um, I read that they were like they were flying and they were in Japanese airspace and they were in Japanese airspace. Then it went quiet and they were just flying for like an hour or something without any anything. They were just like the Japanese were like head that way for twenty miles and good luck. And you should come to North Korea. And then apparently Pyongyang took over and was like, "Hello, this is like you know Pyongyang." Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Um, so my anxiety is just, it's, it's a, it's really fucked up that this is our world Yeah, that humans can't get along. So when they arrived, the delegation was taken to a house where negotiations continued. The research organization database center for North Korean human rights confirmed a case of a factory janitor being prosecuted for bumping such a picture off the wall that it fell and broke. A janitor bumped a picture off the wall and was prosecuted in the same manner. And I'll go on to talk about how North Koreans are treated as opposed to um, Americans and Westerners as Andre or Andre Lankov, director of the Korea risk group said, if a North Korean did what Otto is said to have done, they would be quote dead or definitely tortured the fuck so eventually the group taking a poster down it's not even like destroying (laughs) the poster it's taking the poster down yeah eventually the delegation were granted permission to visit otto they were taken to the hospital where where they found otto they found him pale lifeless inert with a feeding tube in his nose two north korean doctors explained that otto had arrived at the hospital that way more than a year before but almost so probably as soon as he gave his correct as soon as he gave his um confession yeah shortly after that he would have fallen into a vegetative state by by some manner though he had obviously improved since coming into the hospital because he had a tracheotomy scar where machines had once breathed for him 
he was in he was in a state of unresponsive wakefulness, meaning he still possessed basic reflexes, but no longer show, showed signs of awareness, and that's also known as a persistent vegetative state. So further negotiations were conducted with the group, eventually managing to secure Otto's release, based on the fact that he was essentially not himself. He's soul, you know, he's not he's not in there anymore. Yeah. Um, and there, there was this this GQ article is so emotive, and they were talking about how yeah, well, essentially this GQ article talks about how on the plane home, this like hardened doctor was like cradling Otto and like patting his head and replacing his nappy and like talking to him like his son. And it was like, it's so sad just reading the article. So after 17 months in detention, uh, Wombia, still in a comatose state, was medically evacuated from the Pyongyang Friendship Hospital to Cincinnati, arriving on the evening of June 13. His family were waiting on the tarmac when the plane arrived. Did his family know before he arrived? Yeah, so, so the doctor had spoken to his family upon seeing Otto and they'd told the family that he was in a, uh, what did they say? They said he was in a state of unresponsive wakefulness. They were, his family were not aware that that meant persistent vegetative state. They thought he was in a medically induced coma. So they thought that he... They were hopeful. They were be. hopeful that he would he would come back round. They were shocked by his state yeah. when he arrived on the on the tarmac. They the family entered the plane and they saw Otto strapped to a stretcher, jerking violently against his restraints and wailing. And his father explains it like um like it, it was inhuman wailing. Cindy was prepared for her son to be changed, but she had not expected this. Otto's it's, it's so. I mean, was he like he had brain damage and Oh yeah, he was completely gone. Otto's arms and legs were, quote, totally deformed. According to his parents, his wavy brown locks had been buzzed off, a feeding tube in his nostrils. It looked like someone had taken a pair of pliers and rearranged his bottom teeth. As <gasps> as Fred would say. Um, according to Cindy, Otto's sister fled the plane screaming and Cindy ran after her. Fred approached his son and hugged him. Otto's eyes remained wide open and blank. Fred told Otto that he'd missed him and he was overjoyed to have him home. Oh, my God. So from the plane, he was taken to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center where doctors tried to determine what caused his coma and if there was any signs of recovery. Uh, The American doctors determined that the North Korean explanation was essentially bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. You think? Yeah. It food was poisoning. <laughs> yeah. Botulism and then food poisoning from a fucking sleeping pill. Look, that is possible. That is a that is a possible thing that can happen, but they said it's unlikely in his in his situation. It was it was revealed that Otto had been in this state for over a year. So not long after his televised appearance, he would have been vegetative. According to his medical team, Brain scans revealed Warmbier had suffered extensive loss of brain tissue throughout his brain, consistent with a cardiopulmonary event that caused the brain to be deprived of oxygen. Doctors said they did not know what caused the cardiac arrest, but that it could have been triggered by a respiratory arrest, while a neurointensive care specialist at the hospital stated that there was no evidence indicating botulism. So the North Korean explanation is unlikely. Mm -hmm. What the Americans are saying is we can't determine what caused it, essentially. But what can cause so i'm gonna go into that his doctors found no evidence of physical abuse or torture didn't they say his teeth look like they've been okay i'm gonna come into that as well keep okay. that keep that in your mind yeah the scans of warmbier's neck and head were normal outside of the brain injury they added quote we didn't see any evidence of healing fractures or healed fractures that would have been within that time frame and that quote we believe that for somebody who had been bedridden for more than a year his body was in excellent condition and his skin was in excellent condition. Yeah, so the doctors at the North Korean hospital were looking after him. They were. Yeah. They were. And they actually, the people that came and collected him, they made them sign an affidavit that said that they took good care of him. Yeah. And the doctor had like had had been interviewed after and had said and had said like something like look i would have lied and said they did but i didn't need to lie they did take excellent care of him they said like he would he should have had bed sores and he didn't yeah i mean no nobody is saying that 
the general people who live in North Korea are awful, are bad yeah. people. It's yeah. obviously like the, the fucking government. Yeah. So I'm sure that the doctors and nurses there, they probably were just as sad as anybody else at the condition he was in. Absolutely. So, so despite the narrative that Otto was physically tortured, the evidence was not clear cut. The day yeah. after the Warmbiers went on national television to, to declare that Otto had been, quote, systematically tortured and intentionally injured, a coroner who had examined Otto, Dr. Lakshmi Code, San Marco unexpectedly called a press conference. She explained that she hadn't previously done so out of respect for the Warmbiers, but her findings and those of the doctors who had attended Otto contradicted the Warmbiers' assertions. Fred had described Otto's teeth as having been, quote, rearranged with pliers, but San Marco reiterated that the post-mortem exam found, quote, the teeth were natural and in good repair. She discovered no significant scars either. Other signs of physical trauma were also lacking. Both sides of Otto's brain had suffered simultaneously, meaning it had been starved of oxygen. Uh, Blows to the head would have likely resulted in asymmetrical rather than universal damage. Though the Warmbiers declined a surgical autopsy, which I don't know why they would, given it might provide more information, but maybe there's some religious reason or maybe they just didn't want to destroy his body anymore. I don't know. Yeah, just trauma. Maybe. Look, I don't know. But non-invasive scans found no hairline bone fractures or other evidence of prior trauma. Quote, his body was in excellent condition. Yeah, but he still could have been tortured, like waterboarding and stuff like that. Good point. San Marco said, I'm sure he had to have had round-the-clock care to be able to maintain the skin in the condition it was in. And the team that initially saw Otto said that there was notable lack of bed sores, a feat which would have been difficult even with round-the-clock care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When asked about the Warmbier's claims, San Marco answered, quote, they're grieving parents. I can't really make comments on what they said or their perceptions, but in this office, we do depend on science for our conclusions. Three other individuals who had close contact with Otto on his return also did not notice any physical sign consistent with torture. However, in a trial, which I'll get to at the end, two of Warmbier's private dentists testified that his postmortem dental x-rays indicated that some of his lower teeth were bent backward when compared to his earlier dental records. What the fuck? Consistent with some sort of impact. Bent backwards. Backwards. Ew. Yeah. A scar on Wombia's foot, previously described by the coroner as inexplicable, was held up by some expert witnesses as evidence that Wombia may have been su- subjected to torture, such as electric shock, by his North Korean jailers. Yeah, there's a, a lot of ways to torture people. There like- are, there are, there are, but also... You don't have to break bones to no, torture people. No, but you can find an expert to say anything. Yes, and 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 look, I'm I'm uh, I'm not at all saying I don't believe the expert witnesses that the Warmbiers took yeah. or, or engaged, but I would believe an independent um, state coroner over an expert at trial. Yeah, I know, but like it's much you can't prove a negative. No, like. no, 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 and 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 I accept that, and a hundred percent. Like you can say there's no evidence that he was tortured, but he've he's been in that state for a year. Yeah, yeah. sure, he'd be healed yes. after a year. And I and I I do mention that. So on June nineteenth, just six days after his return, Otto Warmbier died in hospital, surrounded by his family, after his feeding tube was removed. Such a waste. Yes, it is such a waste of someone who has so much potential. Yeah. North Korean officials said that their country was quote the biggest victim of Warmbier's death. Fuck off! You are kidding me. They did not say that. The biggest victim of Warmbier's death as a result of a smear campaign stating that their treatment of him was humanitarian. A spokesperson added, ready for this? No. (laughs) A spokesman added, although we had no reason at all to show mercy to such a criminal of the enemy state, we provided him with medical treatment and care with all sincerity on a humanitarian basis until his return to the US, considering that his health got worse. You killed him. You fucking killed him after he took a poster off the wall. Oh, my God. So what- it's, it's like the country has been run by, like, a 15-year-old. That's exactly what There's it like is There's, like, no happening. critical thinking skills, like, no sense of reflection, no intelligence. No intelligence, no humanity. No. The I, biggest I think it's- victim. Yeah. We are the biggest victim. Never mind he's got parents and siblings yeah. who have just lost a son and a brother. Yeah. We're the biggest victims because yeah. people are saying mean things about us. Yeah. Even though we're the After ones we that caused him the situation. After we detained him and then somehow he died of apparently botulism and a sleeping pill. Yeah, and then we fucking lied about... For a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
So what happened to this once healthy young man? Well, let's get into it, okay? So through intelligence sources, government officials and senior level North Korean defectors, the heroes, Mm. um, and drawing on the experience of the 15 other Americans who since 1996 have been imprisoned in North Korea, some in the same place as Otto, it's possible to describe Otto's probable day-to-day life there. There are up to 120,000 people detained in North Korean prison camps. In Seoul, one North Korean... So Seoul, Seoul is in South Korea. Yeah, I'm aware. Okay, just for the for the people that might not be aware, in Seoul, one North Korean defector who had endured three years at a low-level camp, a low-level camp, for trying to flee the country, said, quote, North Korean prisons are actually hell. We had less, than, less rights than a dog. They often beat us, and we were so hungry we would catch mice in our cells to eat. She saw six to eight fellow prisoners die every day. However, American detainees are treated so differently. Comparatively, they're far more likely to suffer psychological torture than physical torture and are kept in a house in Pyongyang much nicer than the North Korean prisoners. They're kept in like essentially like a room with a bed and toilet. Like it's it's much, much nicer than the other ones. They're very rarely physically abused according to previous American detainees, but are interrogated for days and are psychologically tortured. As of now, no one knows what happened to Otto. The time between Otto's loss of consciousness and his eventual return to the US makes any determination pretty impossible, as you said. But there are theories. So, one theory. An allergic reaction or some kind of other accident. Look, it it is possible, although unlikely, that botulism and a sleeping pill killed Otto. Very unlikely, according to the Americans. However, they cannot rule it out. So, another accident possible an allergic reaction to something um, was he allergic to anything uh no but this is a leading theory along with the possibility that perhaps a blood clot pneumonia sepsis or kidney failure were also possible but the cause of these unknown you don't just well some people do but someone of otto's age and health don't necessarily just get blood clots sometimes yeah, it's a hockey ball to the leg timing isn't it <laughs> yeah he's at the airport he's healthy they take him off to talk to him oh Blood clot. Blood clot, yeah. Um, So unlikely. Second theory, drowning. Kim Kim Dong-chul, a Korean-American businessman detained in North Korea at the same time as Warmbier, claims he saw a young American man, presumably Warmbier, quote, almost fainting, being dragged across a hallway by investigators with his head and face soaked in water. Um, Kim suggested Warmbier may have been a victim of water torture during his interrogation, as he himself suffered similar treatment during captivity. The U.S. coroner who examined Warmbier's body after his death said that Warmbier's body showed no obvious signs of torture, but could not rule much out. Yeah, and if if he's if he was starved of oxygen, his brain was starved of oxygen both sides at the same time. That Correct. kind of is Fits conducive in. to drowning. It matches. And he didn't have the um, the internal autopsy either, so his lungs were not examined. Yeah. Um, another theory: bioweapons or chemicals. So we know that the Nor- that North Korea is a fan of the agents which kill quickly and easily. It was suggested that at one point Otto might have been tested on and died as a result. But given that the North Koreans kind of prefer to use the American prisoners as bargaining chips, mm-hmm. I don't know if they would have been so careless with the prisoner yeah. of him. But look, it's a theory. And we can't rule anything out. Another theory, which I unfortunately think is for myself, I, for myself, I think it's the most likely one. Mm. Unfortunately, a suicide attempt. Right. Yeah. So, given the possibility that Otto suffered brain damage shortly after the press conference, Doug, when he when he was what given fifteen years hard labour, correct? Yeah. Doug Clark, the GQ journalist, suggests that this must be taken into account. Otto was incredibly distraught at the conference. Have you seen the conference, have you? No. Okay, well, we can – it's really sad. But um, Otto was incredibly distraught at the conference. So um, the journalist says, imagine what Otto must have been feeling after the hearing that he would spend the next 15 years laboring in what he probably imagined to be a gulag. After two months of being constantly reminded that the American government couldn't help him, he probably felt that his family, his girlfriend, and his Wall Street future were all lost. What else could he look forward to but physical and mental suffering? At least two Americans – imprisoned in North Korea have attempted suicide after failing to cut his wrists 
Igelon Gomez chewed open a thermometer and drank its mercury, later explaining that he'd given up on America's ability to free him. Despite eventually having his release won by Jimmy Carter, Gomez was unable to escape his post-traumatic stress disorder and seven years later burned himself to death. Self-immolation. Um, an American official said that Evan Hunziker tried to kill himself while, while being held and less than a month after returning home, he shattered his own skull with a bullet in a rundown hostel. So, so the, the, those two that had tried in North Korea both actually ended up killing themselves once, outside once yep. they were free. So the psychological torture they endured obviously was so intense. So fucked, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I hate to suggest it. But I think that is certainly possible. And do you know what? If that is the case, then that is still – that's 100%. He, that would not have happened had they not treated him like that. That is Correct. The, that is the emotional torture that they put him through if that's you are, what happened. You are so good. I think that it's because we're sisters, but you're so good at segueing for me. <laughs> My literal next sentence is this. Regardless of how Otto came to his death, it's safe to say that had the North Koreans not detained mm. him, he would not be dead today. Yeah, exactly. If they just let him get on that plane, he would probably be a banker. A banker. Yeah. A successful banker. Yeah. As such, Otto's parents filed a lawsuit against North Korea. Now, in general, civilians are not allowed to file like civil suits against countries. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you even do that? But in this case, there was some workaround that, that it is allowed in some circumstances. I didn't look into it. Again, that's something that people can look, in, look into in their own time, but it is not generally allowed, but mm. there's some workaround where they were allowed to. And they, they did file like a, a wrongful death suit. The regime did not contest. I guess they didn't feel like it was worthwhile. Yeah, because uh, what actually happens? Uh, well. Are there any repercussions? No. <laughs> Again, this is, again, you're leading on to me. (laughs) So the judge handed down a a default judgment because North Korea did not contest and they ordered North Korea to pay 501 million in damages. It's unlikely that they will pay this because there's no mechanism that can make North Korea pay. And also they, they broke... They're fucking broke, and also as if they're gonna some like magically start adhering to rules. Yeah, they think that they're the victim. Yeah, we're the biggest victim in this. Yeah, <laughs> the Warmbiers were able to get some money from a seized North Korean cargo ship that was sold because it was operating like selling coal in like against sanctions or something like that. Weird. So it was able to be seized, and and then the cargo ship sold. And, and the, the government was like, give the, the, the money profits to the- can go to people who are owed money from North Korea. So it went to the Warmbiers and to another family whose um, family member had died in North Korea. So it had happened before. Yeah. To another American. Uh, I'm not sure if it was another American. Well, yeah, it must have been another American, yeah. But uh, that that money did not even come close to the 501 million they owed. But yeah, I'm assuming yeah. that like any other money the government knows that there's this like money owed to the Warmbiers. Mm. There's also this like victims of something of terrorism or something like there's, there's some fund they can access to get some money. Like at the end of the day, it's like, I'm sure they don't need the money. I'm no, sure they don't. That they're, they're and, just and like they're just, a normal family. That- they are. And they're so angry at North Korea. They like do everything they can to undermine North Korea and to yeah. undermine Kim Jong-un and Kim Jong-il and like all the the North Korean regime. That's but, all you could do after something like this happened yeah. is just like all you would think about is revenge. Yes. Like- yes. <laughs> So the Warmbier set up a scholarship in Otto's name, which was awarded to a North Korean defector now studying in America. That's um, nice. It is nice. But that is essentially the story of Otto Warmbier. Mm. Yeah, it's it's both it's terrifying and it's also it makes you so angry. It's also like it beggars belief. Like it's yes. just <laughs> Yes. I mean like I think what what is difficult for us is that we were in China and I and I did take a poster. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I did exactly what Otto did. And it was such a like I do remember when you did it being like, fucking hell, we're not in Australia, like mm. <laughs> this is dangerous. But also such a non a non event. It was like we were out drinking, you did that, we were like, Emma, like that's like, dangerous. And like I don't even and have we memory went, of it. Yeah, and then we went on with our holiday and it yeah, was and nothing happened. Nothing no big deal. And nothing should have happened. No. What happened was what should have happened. Yes. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. It's really it's sad. So and sad. such a like a, such a smart kind. Yeah, and because if he had gone over and done something stupid like yeah 
been like, you know, gone out into the street and been like, fuck yeah, America's the greatest or yeah. something like, you know, even that you would be like, Antagonistic you and, idiot. Yeah. But it's not a big deal. But he didn't even do that. He yeah. literally took a poster off the wall. He didn't no. rip it up. And, and we don't even know if it was him. Yeah. There are a yeah. lot of people that say that's not him. There are a lot of people that say the gait that he's walking with, that's not him. There are a lot of people that say, why would he take a, a poster? Because he takes the poster off the wall and then puts it immediately down on the ground. Yeah. Why would he do that? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think it is possible that he took the poster off. Maybe he was a bit drunk. He took the poster off the wall and was like, I'll take this home. And then at the last minute chickened out and was like, oh, no, I'm not going to leave it here. Yeah. I don't want to get in trouble. Of course. And I'll leave it here. I don't want to get in trouble. Of course. And even if he did take it, even if he took it off the wall, took a shit on it and then yeah. walked out he still doesn't deserve what he got all right anyway look but essentially that's the story of Otto Warmbier a really sad unfortunate case of someone who was who was doing something that everyone does mm-hmm. in when they're traveling as well you feel you feel a, a degree of freeness that you yeah you know you, you do you, you feel are, you more are free. more you do have a tendency to do more things that you maybe wouldn't do, maybe wouldn't do yeah. yeah yeah um so i think the moral of the story is don't go to north korea yeah I, there's one that's not getting added to the worldwide road trip yeah well we can go to the the demilitarized zone in south korea i'll go to south korea south korea um, sounds awesome but. and we can also uh i would encourage people to donate to a north korean defector fund yeah i've got that book actually that you gave me i yes, haven't read it yet. i gave sarah a book about a north korean defector as it's well. called um the hard road out yeah. haven't read it yet but it looks really good yeah so um i know this is a long one a long and one. i apologize for that but we have both been drinking so um feeling chatty and there's yeah, another episode chatty. to go yeah so um <laughs> thanks everyone um see you in next week's episode thanks guys bye bye